The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is All Things Elite. Welcome back to All Things Elite. Load up the pod, man, the song when we speak. Rich right here, let me warm it up for Austin and Floyd. Couldn't be no one but the boys. When it come to All Things Elite from the fan perspective, swear, man, it ain't no question. Here from the first, swear, man, they putting in the work. No, they had to get me for the verse. Social suplex networks on. I was at a time in your headphones. Austin and Floyd on the microphone. Backing out on the red, getting in the zone. Pulling up the show, give it seven stars, you already know Who else could it be but the show with the proclivity for a positivity, I'm gone Hello everybody, welcome to the 217th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity Welcome to All Things Elite, my name is Austin Sumwitz, I'm the host of this lovely show and joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Mr. Floyd Johnson Jr. My man, how are you doing? I am doing fan freaking tastic. Uh, yesterday started um, uh, December thirteenth. Started my four four shows in like I guess it'd be seven or eight days. It's Wednesday to next Wednesday. I have four shows. Uh, I was at Dynamite last night. Had a great time. I have Final Battle tomorrow, Collision on Saturday, and then the thing I've been waiting for for almost five years, uh, we get AEW Dynamite in Oklahoma, so I am excited, that'll be show 50, so I am very excited for all of it, I I think I at least know 20 to 25 people that are going to the show, I think I'm responsible for about eight of them <laughs> like i am uh i i want to do it big in my city and i'm very excited for it yeah and i'm i'm next yeah, week no, is I'm, not swerve's house i just wanted to say next week swerve is in my house yes for real <laughs> honestly um i'm i'm doing well right now i'm getting ready uh my my parents actually my mom made a uh, power move for their anniversary um, so the Lions versus Broncos game got flexed to Saturday night at 8 p.m. My mom was like, Austin, you got to find out if there's any way we can get tickets for your dad. Because uh, he has not been to a game at all this year. It's been quite some time since he's been to a Lions game. And when he would go to Lions games, of course, the team would be bad or it would be so early. In, it would be so late in the season that basically everything is already over by the time that they go see the game. Like, you know, out of playoff contention well out of the way of towards the division. Like, there's there's just no hope, you know what I mean? They're just playing the games. This is the first time in quite some time that he's going to a game where, like, there's a ton on the line. Like, security of the division, all that kind of stuff, playing a good team in the Broncos, who are currently pretty hot right now. Uh, so my dad just got the g- tickets today, uh, and he is ecstatic about it. And it's crazy move by my mom. They're going to have a blast. Um... And I'm actually going to be covering that game, too, for work, which will be awesome. So uh, I'm going to be trying to spot them from the press box, basically, uh, just to see my dad hopefully have the time of his life. Um, So that was a cool thing. And also, I've gotten most of my Christmas shopping all wrapped up, so I am good to go, basically. Which is good, because I spent a shitload of money at the arcade a couple days ago, and I need to wait for my next paycheck. 
Uh, speaking of my favorite Miss Michigan alum, your dad, uh, I think I will be coming up there next year to Ann Arbor. This is very tentative uh, to watch. My friend is a diehard Oregon Ducks fan, and oh. Michigan's supposed to be playing Oregon for the first time with them joining the Big Ten. We think that would be a pretty big game, being a hundred thousand for sure. Yeah. So it's it's tentative. It's very very tentative. You know, like I don't know. It's you know me. I'm usually like when I say I'm going somewhere, I'm like I'm a hundred percent going, and that's how I go all in. But right. uh, this time it's like it's very tentative because he he has to he has kids. So and kids ah, kids have birthdays. So mm-hmm. we have to see what date the game is on before we can decide if we're going. I'm excited. I, I already announced the date though. I think they already have. He said he didn't know the date. I don't like. I don't know. This is an Oregon fan talking to me. So I didn't really know if Michigan had if they had <clears throat> announced it yet. Oh yeah, no, they already announced it. Uh, it's Michigan, Ann Arbor. Tentatively, it is set for November second. November second. So that is we're probably going because that's okay. not near any of his kids' birthday. So, all right. Well, I will let them know that you are thinking about that, and I will see. And that's the game right after the Michigan Michigan State game too. Yeah. So, most everyone's going to be focused in on that game. Uh, so, well, you, 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 I mean, it's going to be hard getting tickets to the big house for sure. I'll see if my dad's able to make it happen too, because I know he'd love to go to a game. Um, but I might be covering it too. So we'll see how that works out. But definitely though, I mean, getting the chance to go to the big house though. Cause have you ever been? I have not. I've never been to a college game that didn't include Florida state well, I, or OU. So it's a, it's a quite legendary place, uh, for sure. I mean, it's, there's not a single, uh, like stadium like it in college football. I feel like just with that, like amount of people squeezed into one place. Yeah. If, you know, if my friend hadn't gone and got his wife pregnant again at 43, our goal, (laughs) we were almost out. We were almost out. His kids were like four years from graduating. My goal was to go to like every major, uh, division one school like Michigan, Ohio state, go to, go to watch a game there, you know, just sure. Cause I didn't, you know, that's, I mean, Wrestling is my first love, but the love of my like adult life is college football. I fucking love it. It's it's changing to a point where you know it is what it is, but it's the yeah. love. It's one of the things I love the most. So the energy of crowds, you know, all that stuff when you go to events are amazing. So I would love, love, love to experience a game in Michigan. For sure. Well, let's get into the wrestling part of this show. We. Apologize for our short little college. I started. Time. I started with wrestling. We me going to show. Yeah, we so, did. Yeah, yeah. Yes. and kind of. I, I I had football, and then we kind of <laughs> mixed in, mixed in a little bit of college in there too. But we got a lot to talk about. We are nearing the finals of the divisions of the Continental Classic before we get to World's End, where we have the winner of the Blue League and the winner of the Gold League face off, and also also have a Ring of Honor pay-per-view that's airing tonight. We're going to do a quick little preview after we talk all of the AEW-centric stuff. But before we get into the show, we want to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you listen to us on Spotify, wherever you choose to listen to us, please give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. And also subscribe so you never miss an episode and leave a rating and a review. It helps out so much. If you're so inclined, you can also follow us on social media. We are at Pod on Twitter. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Please check out all the other shows they have on their network. 
I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z, and Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And the big news of the week involves Warner Brothers Discovery, because a lot of things are kind of up in the air. Uh, I've seen just so much talk about what's happening with Warner Brothers Discovery, and currently... We know that uh, the other company, WWE, is in the process of trying to get a new TV deal for Monday Night Raw. And as reports have seemingly come out, they may be looking to do business with Warner Brothers Discovery. Uh, Floyd, I assume you have all the details of the report that came out. (laughs) So, okay, I didn't see the report. It's just been so many people that I follow or tweet. Hold on a second. Uh, okay, uh, follow or tweet have put this information out there. So it's like when there's smoke, there's fire kind of thing. So uh, I'm pulling, trying to pull an actual report. Uh, the one thing I kept seeing is uh, one, one of guys I like, a guy I'm familiar with and like been in a lot of shows with Matt Coon. He he posted a picture of Vince McMahon standing in front of like when uh, when WWE was on uh, the Turner stations. And then I've seen uh, reports that, you know, there's more information coming, but I haven't seen anything official. Have you seen anything official, sir? Everything that I've seen, at least, has been, like, some people tweeting, like, stuff about, uh, you know, Wrestling Inc., about some other people talking about it. And then the other site that I've seen is Ringside News, which I don't fucking count at all. (laughs) Yes. uh, Eric Bischoff said... W Warner Brother Discovery, this is in a tweet, uh, from December 14th, so just a few hours ago. And this is Bischoff. Yes. Uh, WB interest in w, uh, WBD interest in WWE goes back to the announcement of sale of WWE. I am convinced WBED was engaged in the bidding process. This, this didn't start with CM Punk, but, due, but no doubt that adding him to the roster was fortuitous. For more detail, watch for Strictly Business. Dropping soon, which is of course this podcast. So, and uh, the reason I the reason I made this the big story of the week is because there is a lot of uh, there is a lot of you know speculation about what this means for AW, and so we are me and you are going to speculate based on it being a hundred percent true. Uh, no, right, and yeah, like yeah, I've yeah. seen the wrestling Wrestling Observer Radio talk about it a little bit, like just about the idea. Yeah, and. Yeah, and Meltzer has talked, like, a little bit about it. There's a video on their YouTube channel saying that WWE Raw going to Warner Brothers Discovery isn't a dead deal anymore. Yes. So basically being like, it's not completely out of the question that it's not something that could possibly happen. So, Just know, I, I, what we're going to talk about is not from an insider point of view. This is from a no. fan point of view. This and is yeah, From a fan point of view and what, as fans, it means to us. And for me, I've always heard the rumor. I've never seen it substantiated. I want that very clear when I say this. Yeah. That Warner Brother Discovery, TBS, TNT, owns at least a small part of AEW. I've, yes. al- I've always heard that speculated. I've never, you know, of course, Tony, they're a private business. They don't really have to tell us, right? But I've always heard that they own it. So with that being said, it's like, I feel like, a deal with AEW is pretty much guaranteed. It's just how much. Can they reach a number? Right. Why? So I personally don't if if you're looking at it for 
as long as it means AEW doesn't lose their TV deal with WWE, this can only be a good thing for AEW. Because WWE, as a wrestling company, bringing more eyes to your network, you know, and people are like, you know, you're seeing AEW commercials doing WWE programming, which the audience is larger, you know, it can lead to more interest in AEW. The only thing that I would be afraid of is even though AEW is clearly number two, clearly the secondary United States market, on a, with them on the same channel, they would look more like a number two. They would look no, more like exactly. minor, minor league WWE. So that's well, my only have, concern. And you would have the time slots still probably be what they were. Where you'd have Monday nights eight to eleven p.m. Dynamite would be eight to ten, and then you know Rampage and Collision would still be at the time slots that they're at. Um, and that Monday time slot is still considered like more, you know, at least like comparable to like you know that's same time that monday night football happens and all that kind of stuff so um i guess you would consider it to be more valuable i guess you could say yes. but more so on the fact of like um because the way that i saw it was that you know melter had talked about like yeah they had a meeting but like we have no idea about like who's trying to finalize this or whatnot um and then all i've seen too <laughs> is that you know the this this the domino that set this whole thing ablaze was Punk leaving and going to WWE, well, getting fired and then going to WWE. And I, like I said, I don't even want to go down that road. I'm not going to try to insinuate anything in that regard because quite frankly, I, I don't know. Because like some people could be like, oh, the tides were shifting earlier or some people, they, they haven't shifted at all. It's like, you know, that's it's all perception in that regard. Um, but in regards to AEW, it's, yeah, what Floyd said, I think it's just going to come down to a number because everything that has been talked about with AEW with their relationship with Warner Brothers Discovery has been positive. And I can't imagine that unless something incredibly drastic was to happen, they weren't, they wouldn't be able to come to a number agreement. You know what I mean? Yeah, when uh, Vince was the owner, CEO, everything, he was running everything, this wouldn't be possible. Because he literally only wants his, he wants his company to be the only wrestling on the, uh, only wrestling on your channel. So it would be like, okay, you could have WWE, but you got to get rid of AEW. But that's how I understood it always. Oh yeah. yeah, There's no way that he would share a network. Yeah. He didn't even want to share with UFC from what I understand. So he didn't even want to share with UFC. So the idea of sharing with AEW is completely out of mind, but He's not the guy making the deals anymore. So this is a open. I feel like this is a a, a more of a AEW. You know, like with WWE, like we don't care who else is on the channel as long as we get our money, right? And you know that's probably the best way to if, be. If, and, a if, and if USA is not giving him enough mm-hmm. money, it makes sense why they, they why they're shopping it around. Well, like, from why? what I understand, USA the USC won the SmackDown bid, right? And they decided just to be in the business of SmackDown. So they weren't going to bid on both, right? So Right. And apparently it was just going to be too expensive to bid on both. Cause, no, uh, there's no way they'd be able to get both, I feel like. Yeah, so I'm looking forward. Yeah, like I say, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens there. I mean, would this open up the change for cross-promotion between A&W and WWE? That's another question that I've heard asked. I'm like, 
I don't know. If, I don't know either. Like right Triple up. H has always said he would be willing to do business with anyone, but that's what they said. I, you've never seen any action on it. Tony Khan's been very open to be willing to work with WWE. He's been very open and willing to work with anybody. It's just that's how he's always been. So I don't think there's a problem there. It's just, like I said, them on the same channel with WWE's production, blah, 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 blah. It might make them look more minor league than they want. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, that's the, un, you know, for me, as long as AEW's on TV, I'm happy because I just want the company to succeed. Right. But, you just yeah, want to watch your yes, show. Yes. But from what I understand, CM Punk being available opened when negotiations that people thought were dead. Did we see him punk signing with WWE from the rumors were W WBD was completely out of the uh, raw conversation. And then CM Punk being added as a value as a star. And as of this week, exclusive to Monday night raw, which is the product they're trying to sell. Like, like I said, there's too much smoke going around too many people that uh, as far as news information on screen, I trust that I where I can say there's absolutely nothing to it. But if it turns out Warner Brothers Discovery doesn't win Raw, they might just be using this. You know, WWE just might be using this to get some of their other people to go up on the number, mm -hmm. which is a you know classic business tactic. So I don't, you know, me. I'm like I just want AEW to do well, I, and I. You know, of course, I want WWE to do well. And so when it comes down to it, I just kind of hope this is not true. That WWE. No, I, I think it would just cause too many, like, weird conversations. Yeah, I don't. Quite frankly, I don't think anybody's ready to have. Yes. I mean, personally, I don't know if Prime. I heard Prime was in the conversation at one that point. That was one I heard, too. I know, yeah, I know Meltzer and them said that. Personally, that's who I'm rooting for to win it is Prime. I just is there a reason why, or just? Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I'm a Amazon Prime subscriber, so it wouldn't change my life at all. <laughs> and uh, I just, I've always, I mean, with it being on the internet, everybody I know has Amazon Prime. I think it opens yourself to a larger audience because, you know, as much as we are in a world where most people don't have cable, you know what I mean? Sure. I, but I don't know anyone without Amazon Prime. That's true, but I don't know how many people would want to watch wrestling on street, like stream wrestling. You know what I mean? I think most people watch it that way anyway. Fair enough. I mean, what do they tout? They don't tout two point five million people watching the show. What they tout? A hundred million YouTube uh, streams. That that is fair. That is. It, it's like so. You're I just, just want Amazon Prime to have a better freaking UI for their streaming. You know what I mean? Yeah. They just need to get their system updated. Yeah, uh, Jack Reacher or Reacher drops tonight, so I'm very excited about that. I fucking love uh, the guy that plays Reacher. I knew if you would have asked me his name 20 minutes ago, I know, but for some reason, <laughs> uh, for some reason, it is. Uh, I actually bought him meet and greet to one that he was gonna be at, and he oh. ended up canceling, and oh. I was so mad because I, I he's in the Fu Fast and the Furious family now. He yes. he was in 10, so I was like, I always say now. Uh, Jack Reacher and Aquaman are fighting Black Adam and Triple X. <laughs> so I am looking forward. Such a weird <laughs> sentence that you just said. <laughs> yeah, so no, I'm looking forward to 
I'm looking forward to what whatever's announced, but Prime is who I'm rooting for. Also, I think Prime, because they're a streaming channel, will probably give WWE probably the biggest number. Because I believe there was somebody like Prime or someone that was streaming last time that gave a pretty big number for SmackDown. But the eyes, how many people like Fox was on local TV, so that's why they took right. Fox over. Oh no, no, it's I mean that's that's the big time network. It makes all the sense in the world why they would take Fox. Yeah, but you know, if you want to grow something, Amazon Prime pretty much has the NFL in wrestling. They're gonna that's promote the thing. Yeah, now that their, the, now that Prime has the NFL, it definitely makes them way more like yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, so so if Prime gets NFL in wrestling, they're gonna promote the out of you, WWE. Yes, they're gonna. Yeah. You're gonna be like, oh, do you want to buy this? Try buying this, and it be something that have nothing to do with what you're buying, but has everything to do with WWE. So yes. I don't know. I think Amazon. Amazon is so huge. I would want to be in in the Amazon business. Right. Well, we're gonna be interested to see where all this shapes out. Where it comes to like you know WWE, where they end up having. Raw go, and then, you know, how AEW and Warner Brothers Discovery come to hopefully a new TV deal relatively soon, because when's their... I, do we know when the TV rights end for Dynamite and all that, when they signed it for... From what I understand, it ends like at the end of 2024. I was that's saying, I next end. year was the last yeah, year. Yeah, so that's where the negotiations are coming for. And, like, I've heard a lot of different interesting things about, like, the business side of AEW where, like, they, uh, they, like, have money, right? Like, they have, uh, they make money, but they might not all the way be in the black or sustainable right. or something like that. I'm like, I've seen some of the stuff on that. Uh, yeah. That, uh, if you want all of that, if you want that information, like, broken down, uh, make sure you're following at WrestleNomics. I mean, yeah. I mean, Brandon Thurston knows what the fuck he's doing. So that's who you should listen to on that side. I am a fan. So I, I want AEW to be successful, but I ain't breaking down the numbers. No, I'm I'm too busy with <laughs> other sports-related shit to be able to get into that, too. I have, so. a, I have a job, and I didn't go to college because I hate math. So. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, there we go. So we'll move off of that. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Um, there's only really two things... I want to mention from Rampage, I do want to mention. A was that we did have a Blue League matchup in the Continental Classic, and it was Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. Um, and honestly, thought it was pretty damn good, too. Um, having uh, uh, Daddy Magic on commentary kind of threw me off just because, you know, he's got to tie in with Daniel Garcia. And I just love the pack that, like, you know, there was a point where Danielson was literally just taunting him to dance. And he was like, try, like basically trying to hold back the dance for a little while, but eventually he did and it screwed him over. Um, and then um, the work they've done with Danielson in his eye, with his orbital eye, like has been great. We'll talk a little bit about that with his match on Collision that happened. Uh, but like we'll get even more in detail with that. But I just loved the stuff that they were doing with that. But the match itself was good, and Danielson got the win. Uh, and Daniel Garcia is one of three wrestlers who do not have a dub. So the thing about Daniel Garcia, uh, I, I was actually just making this point to someone else, so it, it, it's, it's a prepared point. I'm not spitballing. Uh, if It's so funny because he when he came and he went through this where he was 
having all these tough matches with Mox and all these people, and he was barely losing, and he was on the build, right? Then yes. he joined JAS, and he was, I believe, the pure champion, and, and it felt like he was getting elevated. But now it feels like he's taking a step back because yes. now he's back to having the really close matches with really good wrestlers. So it's like, the uh, you know, the progression is like to get Kesha. He started losing a lot of matches. There was a change in personality. Then he started winning. Daniel Garcia is like, oh, he started losing. There was a change in personality. And now he's back to just losing close matches again. So uh, close matches again. So it's kind of weird. His uh, Daniel Garcia, I'm a big fan of his, and he's added bulk onto it. His body has not completely changed, but you can definitely see how his body has matured since he joined AEW and the wrestling talent, the ability to put on a good match. That has never been in question. So no. you're wondering, is this the beginning of a new elevation for Daniel Garcia or were I got to imagine that it has to be because, yes. quite frankly, you know, the thing with Daniel Garcia is just the fact that, you know, he, you know, we, we've loved the dance, but it just seems like now, like we want it. Cause the idea was that, you know, obviously they had a good thing going with him, like trying to fight off whether or not he was going to truly be a sports entertainer or a pro wrestler. And then eventually he j they just moved away with from that story and forgot about it. Like all of a sudden Daniel sitting, like the idea of him eventually accepting who he is and being a pro wrestler that went away and then it just went to him having a funny dance which was spectacular for a while but unfortunately danielson's reached this point where now it's all he's done like we kind of wanted that to be like the inclination of like guys we still love daniel garcia he's spectacularly entertaining and we want more to be done with them because, I mean, dude, he's getting this dance over. You can do shit with him. And then they just were like, keep doing the dance. And then it's kind of like, eh, guys, we need a little bit more than that. So it does feel like Danielson is primed for like a reset. You know what I mean? Because I think Daniel Garcia just needs a reset. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think I don't know if he should join a group or whatever. But I don't think I, that. I, I, but it's I, more I, so just like you know, either a have him actually, like, you know, since he lost to Danielson, since he hasn't won at all in this tournament, and he's only got two matches left on there. He's got Brody King and Eddie Kingston. I'm sorry, bro. I don't care if Eddie Kingston is uh, one and two. You are not beating Eddie Kingston. Like, you, like Daniel Garcia, I think, has a serious chance to go 0-5. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, I think he, he might be the only one. Uh, well, actually, uh, yeah, he, they might. Yeah, he might be the only one because Mark Briscoe and Jay Lethal have to face each other. So, right. so yeah. So one of them, one of them will be zero and five. Daniel could be the only one that's in uh, the Blue League who's zero and five. So yeah. Now it it just feels like yeah he he is prime for a reset. That's the only thing. The match itself was really good. Like I said, the the spot with Garcia just slowly raising his arms up and then just doing it, and it kind of cost him. Like I said, I like that. I think it leads to the idea of, like, you know, this isn't working anymore. Like, clearly everything that I've been doing got me this far, but I need more. I need, like, and I think what the more is is either, A, finally coming to the acceptance of being a pro wrestler and not a sports entertainer, 
which is what his entire thing with the JAS and the uh, Blackpool Combat Club has been that they've just forgotten about. The fans didn't forget about it. They kept chanting, you're a wrestler. Like, that's the whole story. But there was just no build to any of it for months. So either go down that road and actually finish that story or go in a completely different direction. But Danielson, Daniel Garcia needs a reset, though. But Danielson is, he got that win, and then he had another match immediately on a collision on, in the Blue League. Um, and then the only other thing I wanted to mention about Rampage was, holy shit, I can't believe Angelico is still here. I forgot that he was even here. I all, only thing I can say about him, Angelico, he must do something else in the back. Like, yeah. he must be one of those, you know, multiple employed people because... I guess so, yeah, but, like, like I, I, international I, championship match. And big thing is, I was, like, this huge... Like, when they announced the Angelico signing, so big into Angelico because I'd seen him wrestle in other places. He, I mean, he's tall and handsome, you know, that kind of thing. So I thought, oh... They're, they can do something with him. It didn't really work out the way I uh, wanted to because TH2, I guess, wasn't ended up being a thing. But, hey, he's employed, so that's good. That is good, yes. Yeah. Uh, we'll move over, though, to uh, Collision. We had the Blue League match, one of the highly anticipated Blue League matches, Claudio Casagnoli versus Eddie Kingston. I mean, guys. It writes itself. This was the one, this the, like one of the few uh, matches in the uh, like like obviously the storylines that have been going on inside the Continental Classic tournament have been self-explanatory and good to follow. Hasn't been a ton where you're actually pulling from stuff outside of the tournament with Eddie and Claudio. Lest we say any more about the problems that these two people have, and they let it all shine out. Um, Danielson, I mean, uh, there was a point before the match even started where Claudio cut a promo on him, which was quite entertaining. Uh, but the thing I loved, honestly, was there was a point in the match where, uh, Casignoli, once there was a point where Eddie just had this look in his eyes and Claudio actually slow, like started to back away. Cause he was like genuinely terrified because Eddie like had this face, like I'm going to kill you. And he proceeds to like. Flip a switch, hits two exploder suplexes eventually, and they are just, like I said, they beat the living house. There were some good shots that Eddie threw in there, too. But eventually, there's a point where Claudio uh, goes and hits a hurricanrana. Eddie rolls up uh, Claudio and then cradles him, and he gets the win. And it's his first win in the tournament. Eddie Kingston finally getting in the win column, getting a much-needed three points. And now he and Claudio are tied at three points. So it's it's a lot more tighter in the Blue League as opposed to the Gold League, where it's basically all wrapped up, and we'll tell you more about it uh, on the Dynamite side. No, no, it's n- no, the Gold League's actually tighter than the Blue League. Oh, yeah, are you sure? Think, because think about it. If So Mox's last match next week, right? Yes. And if he loses that last match... There would be three people with four wins, technically. And yeah, if no, I, he wins, if he wins and Swerve wins, him, Jay White, and true. Swerve would all missed, have. Yeah, I was gonna say I would missed, all have yeah, four I wins. Jay on the bottom. I missed it. I I forgot how less <laughs> tight it was because there was two people with zero. That's why. yeah. No, it's like it's a three man race. <laughs> it is a three. I mean, it's it's definitely like that, and it's it'll be a lot more easier to figure out where we are with the Blue League once we see what happens on Collision 
with the remaining match with the couple matches that we still need to get done for that. Um, but yeah, no, Eddie and uh, Claudio absolutely killed it to start off a uh, collision. Though I have to say that. Absolutely, and I, I love how he won. I love Eddie Kingston with the storyline that he's going through is built for Eddie Kingston. Uh, he lost the first two, and now he's working from the bottom. Yes, it's that last match, whenever it is, uh, whether it's Daniel Garcia or Brody King or who, oh, not Brody King, it's Daniel I, Garcia or who? He lost yeah, to Brody it, King it, first. It, yeah, Daniel Garcia or Andrade. I yeah. feel like it would have to be Andrade being the last one. Yeah, so no matter what, when you look at that, it's going to mean a lot because he's Eddie Kingston and, you know, he fights from the bottom and he does really, you know, that's what he, that's who he is. So this is working for him. Yeah, no, so Andrade, yeah, and Andrade and Claudio are facing each other this Saturday on Collision. So, yeah, it's going to be Andrade, Eddie, to close it out for those guys. Hell yeah. So, yep. so let's, yep. let's and talk Eddie, and Eddie And Eddie and Daniel Garcia will face too. Yeah. So... Moving on, uh, there was a backstage interview with uh, Hook, who had talked about how he had consistent issues with uh, Wheeler Yuta, and uh, he walked on the set and and Yuta interrupts Hook and says, basically, Hook is a paper champion. Renee shouldn't be wasting his time with her time with amateurs when you could be interviewing honorable guys like myself. And Hook proceeds to go, yeah, you're real honorable. You kick Shibata in the balls. And I mean, like, is there any way to respond to that? I mean, that's pretty that's pretty much as damning as a statement as you can make. And you you Wheeler Yuta immediately says, like, I pinched Shibata to become a record setting three time Ring of Honor Pure Champion. I can do it under pure rules, but I can do it under your rules too. I'm tired of dealing with you. You started this. I'm ready to put you out. We'll do this under FTW rules. So So I I swore. In my head, I had made this. I was like, dude, I'm getting Willow Yuta versus Hook in Final Battle. I knew it was going to happen in Final Battle. I was 100% sure it was going to happen in Final Battle. Spoiler alert for the rest of the show. It's not nope. happening in Final it's Battle. not happening in Final <laughs> Battle. <laughs> I was so, like, I, like, you would think I was the biggest Hook or Willow Yuta. Like the, how the disappointment hit me when they announced what match it was for Final Battle. It was very confusing, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, were, like, you were thinking that's where everything was building towards. Yeah. Nope. Oh, I got my Hook Shop AEW figure this week. I was very happy. Oh, nice. That, yeah. I actually ordered my... We got uh, my good friend Jared, who loves Hook. Uh, we got him the uh, ringside exclusive... Like, ringside figures... Uh, uh, exclusive one, the one that has the seven seven thirty uh, white box. Oh yeah, we got him that. My problem right now is I am completely out of space. Yep. Everything that I order, I, I mean, I need to go get like crates or something like a safe storage place for my extra figures because I I am overrun with them. Right? Oh, now. I believe it. I am overrun with wrestling figures. My room looks like. Like, I, I had me a nice design to my room, and it looked really, really good, and now it's just... And then it's gone. Yeah, it's just clutter now. <laughs> no, I, I totally get that, though. Yeah, and I have a dog, so I really have to, like, keep the door shut and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I really do need to take a day and get this shit under control. Yeah, ain't that fun now you gotta deal and, with that. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's that's the problems when you get dogs and like animals. It's when you gotta make sure that you keep all that shit away from them. Dude, it's so weird. It's it hasn't even been that long. Uh, he uh, t- his birthday was we got him around Halloween, so it, we haven't had him two months, and we are both at the point where we can, literally can't imagine life without you know Winston up in here. So absolutely, and it was just it's just so quick. It's just so quick how quickly they just become a part of your life, how animals become a part of your life. It's it, it's it's like, oh, they're getting on my nerves. Oh, oh I love you. Don't ever go anywhere. You're the best yeah, dog Please ever. don't leave. No, never, yeah, ever leave. Yeah, yeah. And that's and it, it's it's the switch that flips. And it's like I went to I went to uh, I went to Dynamite last night and I, I found myself talking about my dog quite often. I believe it, dude. I believe it. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, moving on, we had Willow Nightingale versus Mercedes Martinez, which was a pretty solid match. There was a point where um, Martinez basically put up Willow Yuta and uh, had like was beating the hell out of her at some point. There was like a uh, distraction because Diamante got on the uh, apron, and then Ma- Martinez then proceeded to like hit her with a fisherman bomb. And then the backdrop, and then just all these types of shit, and then just planting her. But eventually Willow gets the roll-up and gets a small package pin, and she gets the win. That's when Martinez and Diamante attack her. Diamante then pulls a ladder out and brings it into Martinez, who uses the ladder. Chris Statlander comes down and has a chain, and she wraps it around her fist and chases after them. And, uh... Yeah, so there's a nice little moment there. But more so, I thought it was interesting that we had two roll-up finishes back-to-back. Uh, but I, I do like the fact that uh, Chris Statlander does have Willow's back. I like seeing that. I like the idea of like just those two like having like a kind of like unspoken friendship. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and it's got to turn into a fight eventually. Uh, when I went to... Uh... No, my first time seeing Willow in a match, like live in a match, was against Mercedes Martinez at Supercard of Honor. I guess it was, uh, what is it, 15? And yeah, and they wrestled for the title, and uh, Mercedes beat uh, Willow by submission to become uh, the interim ROH Women's Champion. So that's pretty cool that, you know, it came back to this, and, you know, Willow finally got the win. Yeah. Well, moving on from that, we had another backstage interview, and it was with Daddy Magic, Cool Hand Ange, and Jake Hager. And he's Hager's basically furious about the fact that his hat got stolen. And it was stolen by uh, Dan Housen, of all people. Ruby Soho then shows up, and she is smitten. Like, her and Cool Hand Ange have, like, this interesting, uh, just, like, they're, they're, they're googly-eyeing each other. And Saray and Anna Jay proceeds to... Uh, like Saray and Daddy Magic are both trying to keep their two people apart, basically, and they're just like not like they're like I am not having this on this Christian channel. You are getting away from each other. Yes, um, <laughs> I, I'm loving this the star-crossed lovers thing, the Romeo and Juliet thing. I'm digging it. Hopefully, it doesn't end like Romeo and Juliet and a little happier. But uh, yeah, I I am digging it, and they pick uh, two people to go to because you know, Cool Hand and just kind of like that old school kind of gimmick, and then you know, Ruby is very much a punk rocker, so they're uh, those. They aren't a type of group people that you would see, you know, have any kind of interactions with each other. Correct, and that's what makes it work. Yeah, 
Yeah. So. Um, also, shout out Ruby. She did. Uh, there was a, a either an interview or a statement that she said where she says she wants to basically. She never wants to leave AEW, which is a cool little thing to hear. Uh, now uh, use now use her in matches more, please. Hey, I I honestly I just want her to win every now and then. Uh, like she was on the show last night, and yeah, and like soon as she was on the show, you saw this like mass exodus of people. And I'm not using that to take a shot at the. Sh- they just like, but you kind of know what's gonna happen when Ruby's in a match. That's what I'm saying, honestly. I need yeah, I need yeah, to switch yeah. up there, but yeah. And I forgot to mention too. There's a point in the after that they got pulled away from each other. Soraya was like, "What are you hiding, Ruby?" And she's like, "Nothing. I'm I'm cold. I'm wearing the." And they take off her jacket and she's wearing a cool hand Ange t-shirt and being like you evil witch you're going to leave me just like her and like basically like Saraya is upset because basically all the outcasts are like leaving her and, and it's like, it, and it's perfect it's perfect this is like a very humanizing uh good uh, like really good uh women's uh storyline right now honestly yeah and it gives cool stuff for Saraya because like i said Tony's off doing her thing, and then Ruby's now smitten for Cool Hand Ange, and he's like, you have not been there for me, and I'm not going to be there for you when you face Riho next week, and unless you prove to me you still want to be a part of this and you still want to do this, you need to go beat Riho next week. So that's where he said that. Uh, We had Wardlow versus Willie Mack, uh, which was set up for a big meaty man slap and meat match, basically. Um, but it was not. It, it was, was not. not. It was uh, kind of more extended. He got a little more offense than the normal people have. A little extended squash match. Extended squash, yeah, pretty much. Um, so there's that. Wardlow power bombs him until the ref stops the match. And then we had a mess. another message from the House of Black to FTR. And Malachi goes, So your best friend is gone. And the only people who truly seem to care about you. And it's us. And that's how Malachi kind of just like did a little video package uh, message to FTR, and uh, we move off of that because it, it wasn't too long. It was just a video package. Uh, but then we had Ethan Page versus the Cleaner Kenny Omega. Uh, these guys killed it. These guys very very killed. good match. Very very good match. Yeah, no, there was tons of good work in this match. Um, I especially just love. Uh, how uh, there's a point where basically uh, Kenny Omega like is off of the guardrail and just moonsaults onto him, and there was also a point too where they had suplexed up and uh, they tumbled out uh, of the ring like over the top rope, and it looked terrifying, like absolutely terrifying. Um, Ethan got some good shots in there too. Ethan's just really just damn solid. And I will always sing my praises about Ethan Page because he does a damn good job. But eventually, uh, Ethan Page cradle near fall. Kenny Omega then hits multiple V triggers and hits the one winged angel, gets the victory over Ethan Page. Uh, but afterwards, Big Bill proceeds to blindside Kenny Omega, booting him in the face. And the World Tag Team Champions have now gotten both members of the golden jets knocked down at one point so the, they have made their statement clear so i, I we'll want, only problem i had is i wanted a little bit more of a beating on kenny omega yeah it needed to be a lot more than that it's just a boot because it's since it was big bill you thought he would actually throw him around a little bit yeah, and drop him with a power bomb off the honestly off the, yeah yeah you know you know 
you know, you're trying to build it up as they just have the better of Kenny and Jericho now. Like, do some damage. Do some damage there. For real. Uh, we then had uh, CJ Perry get interviewed until Miro interrupts and goes, I am your husband, and I'm trying to figure out when was the last time you said so many good things about me like you do Andrade. Why are you so mad at me? I told you to stay home. I'm the bread earner. You are my queen. And CJ proceeds to be like, you told me to stay home and cook and clean and listen. Like, and then you denounce me. Like, you got to make up your mind. And Miro, old school, like, lady needs to get her hands dirty every now and then. When my dad goes fishing, my mom cleans the fish. But when my dad kills bull with his bare hands, my mom guts them. When I hunt, you clean. But you don't worry. I'm not going to touch Andrade in this tournament. But once it's finished, so is he. So basically being like, CJ, you're fucking around. Your dude's going to get it. So this is the whole thing. So this was not about the segment. I thought this was perfectly executed. I have no problem with what's going on. It's setting up Andrade for what's next after the C2. Perfect. That's all great. Yes. I, I saw the online backlash of this segment. And, uh, oh, my God. I mean, eventually, people are going to bitch so much that you're <laughs> not going to be allowed to tell a wrestling storyline. Miro is the bad guy. Miro is acting like an asshole to his wife. You're not supposed to like Miro. And Miro is also, in character, a giant Bulgarian brute. Correct. Yes. Who worships a fake god and proceeds to, like, live like he's going to wrestle a bear. Like, and he's, like, living in the wilderness and all this type of bullshit. So he's He's got this backwards, whatever way of logic. This is a basic... He's supposed, he's supposed to be sound like he's trapped in the 1940s. Oh, my God. And believe me, when people are like, oh, I don't want to see this. I'm like, understand, there, people like Miro exist. Whether you want them to exist or not, they still exist. <laughs> they, there are men out there that still want women in the kitchen. In his position, he was presented as not a good person. I don't know what else you want. This is wrestling. There are storylines. I mean, of course, you're not supposed to like the guy. You know what I mean? I, I I don't. I'm sorry if it triggers you. You're not supposed to like the dude. He he's a bad guy. You know that's that's what he does. Is he gonna get his in? The end? He may. He may not. Whatever. It's just good lord. We're gonna bitch so much about so many stories that just wrestling is just not gonna be able to happen anymore. Dude, I could point you to many people like these alpha males who have podcasts who say so many fucked up shit that's not even close to nearly as bad of anything that Miro said on TV. Dude. There I'm are... telling you guys, you look hard enough, you can find these people. Yes, and it's just so funny because it's just like it's just a story and you don't really see this on the other side with you know what I mean? It just seems like with AEW, every storyline, every wrestling match, everything is so scrutinized because it's supposed to be perfect and it's supposed to be different. But in the end, it's Hero's still... supposed to be the psychotic <sighs> ex. Yeah. In the end, it's still pro wrestling. And you gotta, you know, you gotta let the story play out. 
Now, if you don't like how the story ends, like, hey, WrestleMania 19, I will always say my heart was broken when Triple H, I mean, when Triple H pinned Booker T, because they had Absolutely. done the story perfectly well, where Booker T was supposed to get his comeuppance, and then in the end, pedigree one, two, three. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, at the end, yes, 2020, we can be like, okay, uh, hindsight being 2020, that was a shit storyline, and that's not how that was supposed to end. You literally uh-huh. did a racist storyline, and the white guy won. This is not how it's supposed to go. It's not. <laughs> you write that shit, guys. This is not that, how. If that, went, if that went down, uh, if you did that storyline again with the same outcome, you'd get canceled. Yeah, because that's stupid. This one, let it end. Miro, I mean... And Johnny might end up slapping the shit out of Miro. And Miro's like, I'm wrong. I saw it wrong. Please take me back. Let it play out. Then decide whether it's stupid. Yeah. No, I, I think the way that Miro's playing it. And again, these are from two people who are legitimately married. So, like. There's only certain amount of characters that the Miro role as this big killer guy is going to fit in. Exactly. Right? Right, an old school type of character needs an old school type. Feat. When he, when he was this less serious video game guy, people were bitching about it too. It's just like, let Miro be Miro. Let it's gonna. They're gonna. He has that something has to be done. You can't just like paint him into all these corners and say, just what do you want this man to do? What do you want him to do? Yeah. Moving on though, we had Commander and Penta El Zero Merido versus uh, Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Ange. Um, and it was a fun match. It was a nice, uh, fun, uh, match where we got to see some nice... I know this match happened, but I can't remember shit about it. I watched it. I can't remember shit about it. It was just like, it happened. Who won? Uh, it was the, uh, let me pull it up again. Uh, it was, uh, the baby faces. It yep. was a commander. He walked onto the ropes and he proceeded to yes. uh, crash onto Cool Hand Ange. Now I remember. I was annoyed by this because this was Montreal, right? Yes. Two point in their hometown of Montreal can't beat a thrown together tag team. What do you mean thrown together? They're luchadors. They're all they're, they're the perfect tag team. <laughs> no, they can't beat a thrown together tag team. I'm like, God damn it! Give them the win in Montreal. Let them cheat. I don't care. Give them the win. I was like, I, I was like, I guess I was so angry I blocked it out of my mind because I couldn't tell you a lot about this match. I remember watching it. Uh, I watched it Sunday morning. I remember watching it. I can't tell you a lot about it. It was just like it kind of just happened. Uh, but yeah, I was so mad that 2.0 lost. Oh no! Exactly. Because I still call him that. How are you? Because yeah, tag you team should have, have names. An, how are you gonna have Ange take the pin when he's actively trying to like woo Ruby Soho? Yes. Like, I'm and, sorry, dude. You gotta let you let this man get some dubs. So that way, Ruby actually has to hope that like you know the guy I'm not falling for is not a loser. Well, uh, let me let you know this. That might be why they fall in love because they both lose all the time. God. <laughs> my girl ruby deserves better you know you know she seems happy though she says she's never living i'll give her that you know let let people be happy yes i'm from the outside looking in and i'm just like you deserve so much better i would i would i would but like you know my heart belongs to one girl the the time right now 
the time in AEW is not to be a real tag team in AEW. This Apparently is not, not a good time to be a real tag team in AEW. Uh, they seem to hate their tag team division right now. I don't know why. But uh, if we talk about that enough, like you'll pull your hair out. Exactly, and I don't have a lot, so I'm not gonna do that to myself. <laughs> so no, like, um, but oh yeah, if you ever see me wearing a hat in a picture, that means I didn't shave my head that day. That's it. <laughs> I am not a hat person, but yeah, if you see me like wearing a hat, yeah, I just I didn't shave. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I didn't want the bald spot to be uh. Like, so predominant. Got it. Well, moving on to the main event of Collision, it is another Blue League matchup. Andrade El Idolo versus Brian Danielson. Uh, obviously, you know, shit's taped, but, like, the idea is that these guys had to wrestle two nights in a row. Like, Danielson had to wrestle two nights in a row or two times in the same week at the very least. And he took a beating. Like, they heavily worked on his injured eye. Like, heavily ripped the uh the uh eye patch off and like his eye was just like woof they did a really good job and andrade was vicious and all that type of stuff if you're uh, if you're going to do a brian danielson match where he has to lose this is where you do it you gotta do it like that where it's yes. like you know have yes. like full-on pressure on like a like severe injury that he is guarding basically yeah uh, and andrade but, is not the bad guy you come in to a physical sport with a fucking eye patch on, I'm going after your eye. <laughs> it's 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 Murphy's law. Yeah, it's like you say, don't touch the eye. Touch the the eye. eye. I'm just like it's it's MMA. It's all these things. If you walk in with a knee brace, first thing I'm doing is trying Danielson to kick you would in the absolutely, knee. Absolutely, and Danielson yeah. would be the same way. You have a weakness, he's targeting that weakness. This yeah, is just how the shit works. And Danielson just got the shit kicked out of him. And again, he was being worked into a point where. You know, he still could have actually had it because at, at, after, like, the 15-minute mark, Danielson did have the label lock, but eventually he was able to still get out of it, and his eye is still, like, basically swelled up. But then Danielson proceeds to get hit with a spinning elbow and then gets double-kneed in the corner uh, and then just gets a nice... Uh, I guess his finisher right now is a... Uh, Hammerlock DDT. Yeah, yeah. so... Yeah, he's got that, and Andrade gets the victory and hands Danielson his first loss in the tournament, and Andrade holding firm over the Blue League right now. He's 3-0 and with nine points uh, with two matches remaining. Correct, correct. So, uh, yeah. Big, no. big win for Andrade. It, like I said, I, I'm glad to see that Andrade is getting huge rubs from and, this and, and, I'm loving, yeah, I was about to say, that was going to be my biggest thing is that I love that Andrade is being very booked very strong in this uh, tournament. Uh, you know, you brought him over from WWE. We, I mean, we all saw him as the guy in NXT, and he was oh, yeah. putting on amazing matches. So it was like he hasn't been able since the time with Zelina Vega. He hasn't really been able to catch the smoke, and it looks catch, catch that fire that he had. And now uh, with Lana, who's also very good on the mic, or CJ Perry is very good on the mic. Hopefully, uh, he can find what made him Andrade again. No question, yeah. And since now, uh, we got, uh, what was I going to say, uh, Andrade now. There is a great little moment where they set up for uh, Andrade's next match because the BCC, Claudio and Yuta, come out to check on Danielson. 
and Andrade, who was checking on Danielson, gets shoved out of the way by Claudio, and he's just looking over at him, and that's who he'll face this week on Collision in this next uh, Blue League matchup. So I like there was a little bit of a moment there, too, where, like, you know, there's now Dan- now Claudio's not only winning this for the tournament, but it's like, I'm doing this because you you hurt my teammate. Yeah, which is, you know. Yeah, no. Like, uh, like I said, it's these mini stories that come out of these tournaments that yeah. are good. Like, I, I like and, the- and, and that's, you know, and Claudio, he's been that way since he joined the Blackpool Combat Club. You mess with anybody in the Blackpool Combat Club, he's coming to mess you up. He will a thousand percent mess you up. Uh, but that was Collision, so we will move over to AEW Dynamite. Winter is coming, which opened up with a Samoa Joe promo where he comes out basically being like, I'm looking for answers because I made a promise that MJF, I would keep him whole until World's End where I would dismantle him myself. But I was made into a liar last week when I came out here to the uh, to the uh, – uh, machinations of a devil and he looked up at the screen he saw mjf lying laying in the back and it pretend it potentially jeopardizes his AEW world championship opportunity so now one can't stand on the tracks of destiny and not get one over so what's going to happen tonight is i walked in the back last week with mjf lying on the ground i saw a beer bottle a certain beer brand that a certain cowboy likes busted over mjf's head and then as I got closer, I noticed a certain stent of Stetson in disappointment. And I've smelled this before. And as I walked up around the building, a certain hangman was missing. And then Adam Page comes out and he goes, Joe, if, there, if there's something you want to accuse me of, just say it to my face like the man I thought you were. Because if you think it's me, if you think I have anything to do with it, if you think I give a damn about the devil, you'd be wrong because I do not care. And Samoa Joe proceeds like, you not you may not care, but you made the mistake of thinking I came out here to like a detective. I've already made up my mind because I'm an executioner, not a detective. And Hangman says, you want to do something about it, do it. And that's when Roderick Strong comes out screaming, basically, you were so lucky they didn't hurt you last week. But listen, you got to listen to Hangman. I hate to say it, but he's my young boy. I'll never forget about that. Nice little nod to their history in Ring of Honor. Um... But he goes, listen, have you seen the things that have been happening? Jay White asked for a world title shot. He gets attacked. The Acclaim lose a tag match for Max. They get attacked. The Goons attack Max on the 29th, but they don't lay a single shot on him, and you have to come to his aid. Then last week, we never saw the devil saw them physically touch him, just him lying there. It's obvious, Joe. It's obviously Max. Max is the devil. I wouldn't lie, lie to you. I'm not talking to you, Adam. Like I'm talking, like I'm talking to my best friend by proxy, Samoa Joe, to where Adam Page was tired of hearing it, and he knocks that Roderick Strong down. And then, what's crazy is like that happens, and then we immediately go into the match. Like, it, like we knew this match was happening, but then it's like they fought, and like Hangman swung, and then Aubrey comes out, and then all of a sudden the match is happening. It threw me off, honestly. Yeah, I'm sitting in the building. And I saw Aubrey standing there, and I was like, oh, so they're going straight into the match. And she was kind of in the back where the camera wouldn't see. But Samoa Joe, the best pissed-off promo in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, all you got to do is, like, Joe, Samoa Joe's fired up, go. And he's going to 
cut at some stuff and he's going to say just like the most normal stuff, but he's going to say it in a Samoa Joe way that immediately thinks somebody's about to get messed up. Then, oh, yeah. ha- then Hangman comes out and Hangman, you know, I give him shit because it's fun for me to give him shit, but he comes yes. out and plays his perfect role because he sure. came out like the badass that he was. Like, who comes to Samoa Joe and says, say it to my face? Generally, only people that want to die. But Hangman comes out there and he's just like, he's already buckshot uh, Samoa Joe back to hell. He's like, I'm above this. I don't know what the hell this devil thing is. This has nothing to do with me. Like, this is obviously a frame job. And Samoa Joe's like, dude, I didn't. I didn't want to hear your excuses. I'm here to mess you up, kind of thing. So. Yeah. Like, and do you think I'm trying to play detective? Yeah. No. no. Roddy Strong comes out, and he is just. You know, I've always thought he was an amazing wrestler. Roderick Strong never puts on a boring match, but his character work in AEW has been uh, surprisingly great because of how annoying it is. It is like he is like very very Samoa like it's. It's legit nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, it's way too much. And for me, way too much works. So I love it. And yeah, and how they went into this match. And it was, yeah, it was a really good match. It was a banger. It was like, again. It was pretty damn good, yeah. Yeah, like anything I'll say about Hangman, generally just in jest. But most of the stuff I'll say about Hangman, it never has to do with his in-ring work. What I have to say about Richard Roddy Strong never has to do with his in-ring work. And they went out there and killed it, and you would have thought this was a match in the C2 until, you know, until the interference at the end. But you would have thought this was a match in the C2 because they went out there and just went balls to the wall for 20 minutes and then after some interference, we ended up uh, getting... um, uh, he did the, the what's it called the the last yeah no the the finish took place basically the, he did the dead eye can yeah, I just yeah. say yeah also honestly for a man that like listen Hangman has one of the best finishes uh with the buckshot Larry buckshot Larry is such a fucking good finish um like it's so good that even CM Punk can't do it like it's crazy uh but. <laughs> Uh, the dead eye that he hits on Strong, like, dude, that shit looked terrible. Like, I'm sorry. Like, he didn't even touch the ground. I didn't. I have not watched it from the TV perspective. He didn't yes, touch yes, the yes. Ground. That is what we said to uh, that. Uh, we were uh, me and my friend Jay, who was at the show. We were looking and it was like, did his head even touch the ground? It didn't and, even come close. And I, that's what I was like. And I thought it might have been TV magic thing. We might have been able to play it off. But uh, Roderick really wants to stay neck strong because he did not take that bump on yeah, his no, neck. He, he was not taking that bump. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, yeah. And look, here's the thing. I get it. I get it. It's yeah. not a fun bump to take. But yeah, it, it, and, it, and like my like I made the joke. I'm like he didn't even get. He didn't even touch it. Like he didn't even touch the ground. Yes. And Cindy goes like, "You do know it's fake, right?" I'm like, "Yes." But the move for for AEW, like the wrestling is the focus. Yes, uh, otherwise so the move should not look that yeah. fake. Uh, otherwise, spectacular match was downgraded just a little bit by a shitty finish, and and that was one of those things I want. I, I you know like I am not a wrestler. I've never been in no. the ring. Never had to communicate. But I feel like like Roddy should have known that his head didn't hit the ground or. Because Hangman's like looking the other way, so he literally has no idea what's going on. Roger can tap him and you like hit the buckshot anyway or some shit like that. So or do the move again or whatever to clean it up. But it did look ugly. I mean, again, it was 
you know, you got to be willing to forgive. But yeah, it was just like, it feels like I was hoping one of the person people could know. Like, hey, my head didn't hit the ground. That's bad. You know, let's do that moving in. Yeah, no, the match itself was good, I will say. Like, it was still good, but, like, I saw that. I, I couldn't get over it, honestly. Um, but, yeah, Hangman gets the win, and we move on to another Continental Classic Blue League matchup. Andrade continuing a stretch of, a, like, really good matches in the Blue League. He faces off against Brody King, and these guys, like, again, they are... Like, it's insane just the work rate that you're getting in the Blue League, too. Like, it's just insane. Like, and it's it's the case, too, with both leagues. But, like, I don't know. For me, especially, the Blue League just seems to be, like, really, like, carrying some heavy, like, work rate-related shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I don't know why. It, it, feel, it feels like they're just, like, fucking really laying into it. Yeah, you know and, it, mean? and it's reminding me, like, it's almost like... One group is the wrestlers and one's the fighters, even though there's a good mix in both of them. Yeah. And it just feels like every match on Collision is a fight more than a wrestling match. This like, one, too, because, I mean, like, dude, they chopped the fuck out of each other. Yeah, yeah. And it was just like, oh, my God, they chopped. Yeah. And Brody King, man, I, I don't I don't know. For anybody, if you ever get a chance to meet an AEW, him, He'd be the wrestler. I was like, because he is large, and then you see him in person, he just seems so much larger. Dude, I felt like a child when I met House of Black at Double or Nothing. Yes, he just seems so much larger. He's like, you'd swear he's seven foot tall. He's not, but you'd swear it just in his presence kind of thing. And no, yeah, straight up. Yeah, and this match was like perfectly played the monster and then andrade just has to be a little tougher than the monster and he goes after his legs so that's smart yeah no straight up he goes after the, his legs really works on it and eventually he was able to actually make that giant ass tree tumble because there was a point where uh an exposed turnbuckle was uh pulled out and then uh brody's head gets thrown into it he gets hit with the hammerlock ddt and he gets a massive win over Brody King. And again, yeah. Andrade yeah. Uh, continued to be undefeated. So. Brody King hadn't just won his first two matches. He had been dominating in his first two matches. Yes. So that made the Andrade win over Brody seem even more impressive. Yeah. So, yeah, he is 3-0 with the win and hands Brody King his first loss. So he's handed two wrestlers in the Blue League their first loss. So Danielson and Brody King. Right behind him uh, with six points. So that's massive uh, for Andrade to get when he's already got two wins over guys that are like on his tail in that spot. So all he needs to do is take care of business with his last two matches against uh, Claudio and Eddie. And he could go ahead and take the blue league. But he's got some tough opponents in those two to try to be able to close things out. Um, moving on, we had a backstage interview with the Von Erichs, Kevin Von Erich, and he's got his sons, Marshall and Ross, and they were back in Dallas, and uh, they talked about it, and uh, talked about how they were happy to be at AEW, and then Danhausen with Orange Cassidy and Trent walk out, and basically goes, Orange talks to them, goes, I got a match on Rampage, and I need two partners. Uh, you guys cool to tag with me on Rampage? And Danhausen's just like, yo, you're portraying us. What the hell? He's like, what? No, we're in Texas, so it's fine. Uh, and Marshall and Ron Ross Von Eric agree, and they will be teaming with uh, Orange Cassidy 
in a trios match to face Daddy Magic, Cool Hand, and Jake Hager on Rampage. I got to tell you, Devon Eriks, I mean, seeing Devon Eriks in Dallas, you know, warms the cockles of my soul because, uh, you know, when I grew up, the first family of professional wrestling was Devon Eriks to me. And, yeah. Um, I grew up with Carrie and Kevin and all that stuff. And so seeing Kevin at an arena in Dallas, it's like, yeah, there was a young Floyd in me like, oh my God, you can't believe this is happening. So that that was cool. But uh, yeah, uh, how they did it was pretty funny. It was just like, yeah. I, yeah, and then I, their little their little hand in hands in moment with the Von Ericks was quite funny. I don't know if I'm going to see Iron Claw. I don't know if you plan to see it, but uh, I do plan on seeing it. For actually, all of yes. you, yeah, like I I keep telling people I, I don't know if I'm going to see it. Unfortunately for me, being 40, what is it? How old am I? 42 years old. Uh, I almost said 43. That's next year. 42 years old. I unfortunately had the pleasure, regret of living through the Von Erics. Like right, so all you already our, know this story too. All, all of my first losses in wrestling as far as favorite wrestlers that passed away had to do with the Von Erics. So while... I wanted it to do well, and I will probably just buy a ticket so it gets my support. I don't feel like I feel like I don't know if I feel like bawling in public in front of people I don't know. And if you know how the story ends, that's how it's going to end for me is bawling in public. Yeah, no, for sure. And like I said, I was I was curious how your thoughts would be about actually seeing it because I was going to say you lived this story. Yes, I. And that's why I tell people I'm like I'm not in the family, but. Uh, world class was, you know, for the first few years of my life, the pri- primary wrestling company I watched. World class was real rex- wrestling, and WWF was that other shit, you know, that kind of thing. And then, <laughs> and then it was Crockett and all that kind of stuff. It was just like world class was like probably my first wrestling. So as much as I love, you know, Von Erickson, and I want this movie to make a ton of money and I hope people win Oscars and all that stuff. I mean, I have no doubt about the success. I don't know if I want to watch it though. I get it. I totally get it. So I do plan on watching it. Um, like I said, everything that I've seen of it looks spectacular. Um, and it just looks like they really, like, you know, they didn't pull any punches. And that's really kind of like if you're going to do this story. Yeah, do it right. You got to be faithful and you got to do it right. You can't pull any punches. Yeah, it was like uh, I heard there was a Vince McMahon biography coming out. And it was just like, well, Vince wants the last say. I'm like, well, then don't do the movie. And don't do the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, then, then you're just doing Swamp Kings. Yes, don't, don't, don't do the movie. If, if, don't he, do that. if he needs the final say, don't do the movie. Urban Meyer can eat a dick. You you get Urban Meyer for that documentary and everything's completely swept under the rug. Yes. Bullshit. Yes. Yeah. Either way, moving on. The Golden Jets come out, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho, and uh, they talk about how it's been a while since we've been in uh, Dallas and it's because uh, and why we've been here just on Dynamite because Big Bill and Ricky Starks attacked Jericho after full gear. They pretty much dislocated my elbow, put me out for a few weeks. Then they took out Kenny Omega after his match with Ethan Page. And listen, uh, they need to get their sorry asses out here. Sorry asses out here. Sorry. Um, Oh, God. If you got a Canadian and you don't know if a person's Canadian, you really don't know. Just tell them to say sorry. 
That's pretty much it, yeah. Dude, I, you've seen these people with elocution, perfect, perfect diction. They can say it, but when they say sorry, Canada comes out all the way. Yep. There <laughs> it is. It's like, oh, you revealed yourself. Yes. Um, so Ricky Starks and Big Bill come out, and Ricky goes like, um, oh, you miss me? So listen, this whole situation is funny because I've got no problem with Kenny. Like, thank you for this great place that we have called AEW. Jericho, really nothing to really think because you just suck the life out of every single thing. And it makes me question you, Kenny, because do you really think you can trust Jericho? Like, look at the inner circle. Look at the JAS. Look what he's done to the people that, that trust him in the past. And Big Bill proceeds to say that, Kenny, if you look at Chris and what he's actually done to you, if Chris attacked you randomly on the drop of a dime, we would actually just be surprised. Nobody here would be surprised. Like, I'm just letting you know that. And Kenny goes, so you're basing this off of the trust between us? Like, do you, I trust you? You know I don't trust you, Jericho. But you're talking about track records. Let's look at your past because uh, they bring up the firm, which literally nobody even, like, like, smirks or anything like that. He's like, can't say I do either, basically. They're like, yep, that shit sucked. Um, and the firm that you had with MJF is more like the flaccid being less firm and a little more up your alley, something, I don't know, soft. But when it comes to beatdowns, uh, he's like, I'm pretty much the king of receiving them. So you guys talk a big game. We've earned ourselves a tag title shot down the road. And on December 30th at world's end, we're thinking the golden jets take the two titles off your waist and place them around ours. Uh, and Ricky goes, that's all fine and good, but you two are the number one contenders. I'm going to speak for both of us and say you're on. But before we even get to World's End, Chris, I hope you remember January because back in January, I actually beat you. And uh, Big Bill was like, oh, you know, I, you actually beat him uh, twice. You also beat him on pay-per-view. Um, so they's like, I've already done half the work and I know you in and out and I know what you're all about. We are the best tag team that there is because we are AEW's tag team champions. And uh, they... Uh, Jericho's like, you keep bragging about how this team doesn't have a name. You need one. They call him the Absolute Shits. And then they call him Big Billy Starks. And they keep trying over and over and over again. Uh, and Ricky goes like, I can excuse the name, but I can't excuse the outfit where you went to a local Hot Topic and said, give me the best stuff you got. And Jericho proceeds to say, You're, you say I'm a clown vampire. Believe me, if I was going to suck my fangs into anybody... I would do it with somebody with a lot more clout than you because from where I'm standing, all I see is a better-dressed, less charismatic version of Enzo Amore, to which Omega goes, give Enzo credit. At least he would hype Big Bill up and not take all the spotlight. And that's when Ricky just flies off and just says, like, you guys take the spotlight a little too far, but you talk about the way I dress. You talk about Big Bill. Jericho, nobody cares anymore. I'm tired of you, and Kenny, you're starting to piss me off. You want war? Bring it at World's End. We will take you two on because we are the best damn tag team there is. And they call them Winnipeg scumbags. And Kenny goes, goodbye, good night, bang. Okay. Was this segment as bad, present oh, as bad on TV as Twitter thinks it did? I will tell you this. Didn't hit for me, I will say. I don't know if it was the drizzling shits like everyone's saying on Twitter and freaking out about. 
but it did not hit for me for sure. I will say well, the way how I took it is no one wants Kenny Omega tagging with Chris Jericho in this promo session was just a reason for them to say, I told you, I told you that he shouldn't be tagging with Chris Jericho as a person that has, let's see, um, minus the character to uh, zero interest in this storyline whatsoever. <laughs> Do not give off fuck about Ricky Starks and Big Bill as tag champions. Do not give a fuck about Chris Jericho and uh, uh, Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega as a tag team. Like, I could not care less about this segment. I'm watching it, and I'm just like, I mean, I honestly didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was dull. You know, no, but it, it, it was, it, I was gonna say, like, pretty much about that with, like, <laughs> it was, like, you know, the part where they were trying to give them a name. I was just kind of like, all right, uh, wrap yeah. it up, boys. Yes, yes. You're losing them. You're I'm losing like, them. I don't know if they came up with that or they wrote it. It was terrible. I mean, there was a yeah. whole bunch of different. There days. was that part that <laughs> I was like that. And I was like, I could tell, like, oh, we're losing them. OK, let's name drop Enzo Amore. Yes. I always say this about Kenny Omega as a person that enjoys Kenny Omega's in-ring work. I always say when people talk about being the best professional wrestler in the world, I always say my, my a professional wrestler is from curtain to curtain. From the time you come out to the time you go back, whether you're wrestling in the ring, whether you're quoting a promo, all that's included in a pro wrestler. The reason I will never say Kenny Omega is the best pro wrestler in the world is because he's not good on the mic. He is average at best. Average. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just he's just not. It's just it's doesn't seem like it's something. There's parts where like there's stuff that he does. Yeah, there's stuff that he does. Like honestly, I think some of the best Mike stuff he's done is like when he's doing his video game feud shit with Xavier Woods in the New Day. Yes, like I, if you watch some of the stuff like that that whole Street Fighter thing they did with the New Day and the Elite, like that shit was funny because like when the New Day go huddled up and they're like trying to come up with a plan and Kenny just grabs the mic goes. Are they waiting for their team of writers to write their promo for them? Like that right there was like one of the most vicious things he said on the mic. And then like as they're trying to go back at him, he's like, I doubt it. I doubt you do. I doubt you do. Like you don't write your own shit. Yes. Um, like that right there. I was like, you know, again, that was good. And like he's he's funny when he's on the mic, too. This but, shit. Yeah. Wasn't that. And like I, when I talk about it, I even say, I always have the built-in excuse, I don't think he cares about promos. You know, there are people that care about doing a great promo every time, and there's some people that that's not their favorite thing to do in the world. Whatever. Whatever you want to go there. This was so bad, and you got one of the best entertainers ever to exist, Chris Jericho, and he could not save this segment. Yeah, no, and also, too, it's like, yeah. you're, I think you're seeing in real time people turn on Chris Jericho heavily. Yes, which makes no effing sense to me. I was going to say, I've, I know you have some thoughts about that. Dude, this company doesn't exist. How they get a TV deal, how they get on TV, is they needed a named wrestler in the company. Yes. The biggest name you could find available. There was no Hulk Hogan's, but you had fucking Chris and Jericho. And there was no CM Punk. You got Chris yeah, Jericho. You got Chris Jericho. He He's, I mean... Cody has said it. The Young Bucks have said it. Kenny Omega have said it. When they're not in character, when they're just talking like their normal selves, this doesn't exist without Chris Jericho. So I'm like, and everybody's like, well, all he does, no one comes out better. I mean, all he did was put over Ricky Starks. He put over Action Andrade and didn't get his feedback. All he's been doing is losing. I even complained he's been losing too much. 
So mm-hmm. I'm like, he, what, he, he lost to everybody. I mean, like he went to that other company, um, forgot, uh, what was it called? Uh, with Takeshita, where they had the match with Takeshita, uh, uh, DDT. Yeah. And they booked that match and they booked him to win. Right. But other than that, this dude has been like on the longest losing streak ever. All he does is lose. And I just don't understand how people can be like, well, the only thing he does is look like Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho's a legend. It is important for Chris Jericho to matter in AEW because when yeah, he you, matters. You want, you want to know, um, <laughs> it, at least going to AEW's roster page right now, what his record stands as right now? What is it? His 2023 overall record is 14 and 11. He is 4 and 5 in singles matches, 7 and 3 in tag team, 2 and 3 in trios. Yes, yes, and this is the guy that only puts himself over. Like, be be serious at some point, you know, at this point. It's like this dude just loses and loses and loses. It's like, yeah. You know who has a better singles match, singles record than uh, Chris Jericho currently? Who? Danhausen. He's 3 and 0. Yeah. Powerhouse Hobbs beat him in a complete squash in 724. He's lost to Powerhouse Hobbs. He's lost to Ricky Starks. On the biggest stage ever, he lost to Will Ospreay. I'm like, where is all this winning? Where is this Chris Jericho that's keeping everybody down? I mean, I'm I'm obviously missing it. (laughs) Like, where is this guy at? He loses all the time. He's once, I mean, he's an AEW dad at this point. Yeah, no. Like, is Chris Jericho my favorite like AEW guy no has he been part of some of my favorite AEW feuds yes but like i said the way that people have turned on jericho like so fast is quite spectacular to see honestly um now that being said uh i don't think he like honestly i think ricky was doing everything in his damn power to make people care about this that last moment uh where he just started going off in that promo just screaming like, you could see him trying to just, like, put something in here. Because, like, again, it was just, like, there was nothing here. This is a nothing feud. The Golden Jets is a nothing tag team. People want to see Kenny Omega. People wanted to see Kenny Omega in the Continental Classic. So Like, straight, like straight up. Like, it's kind of insane to me when you think about, like, hey, this Continental Classic that we have in AEW. There's no elite representation in it at all. Correct. So, yeah. The people- and if there was going to be somebody in there, it would be Kenny Omega. Correct. The people that Jericho have beat this year. Peter Avalon. Keith Lee. Which, come on. Is Keith Lee being booked strong? Uh, Commander. Uh, and then Sammy Guevara, which forced for a storyline for Sammy Guevara to turn on Chris Jericho. So where who's he burying? His last title, the last time he held the title in AEW was the world title in year one. <laughs> in year one. Any title. I mean, I guess you can count the ROH title, but any AEW title, he's only held one. What are we doing? Why do we hate Chris Jericho? I don't know. Yeah, like, I, just, I just I just don't know, but that's yeah. it. Just seems like where we're at right now. Yeah, like why why, why do we, I don't understand? Please explain to me why we hate Chris Jericho. I you know you know I'll jump on you know let's go. But 
<laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't understand why we hate Chris Jericho right now. We'll move move on anyway. Um, uh, the Outcasts had Ruby Soho versus Riho in a match, uh, which was fine enough. I thought Riho did a good job. I liked uh, uh, Ruby getting some work in there. Like it was fine. Like I don't think it was anything like uh, crazy. But I did love the fact that we got Tony Storm on commentary. Um, so, just ask uh, uh, her course. asking like like do you want me to do color do you want me to do play by play see uh, i missed all of that because i haven't watched the actual live back so yeah she was funny because she I was saw, good i saw a tweet that they said i'm it sucks that this match between rio and soraya was overshadowed by tony storm on the mic so, i mean dog can you blame her though like like straight up like i listen i love ruby so i love rio timeless tony storm is devouring the entire women's division because, like I said, like she is just all encompassing and like is like all people can talk about when it comes to the women's division. Like it's just where we're at right now. She is the most talked about. Like, she, like it's 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 insane. Like I said, she's made this work so heavily, and people just can't get over her. I can't get over her. She is very talented. I dig the whole thing that they're doing. Don't get me wrong. It's like, like I said, if any, if there was a lack of interest in Rio and Ruby Soho, it had nothing to do with Tony Storm. No. Everyone no. knew was who was winning that match. When the match started, I'm like, I am a person, I have hold it, held going to the bathroom till I was in physical pain to not miss a part of the show. I went to the bathroom. Not because, oh, no, not, a, not the disrespect to the women's division. It's just, there was no doubt in my mind who was winning this match. Yes, and it's because Riho, I mean, uh, Ruby Soho, like, has to be booked better. Has to be. Like, I'm sorry, like she, like, she is the person where you put her in a match, everyone knows whoever she's wrestling will win. And you can't have her be like that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, I know, I am a wrestling fan, so I understand the idea that someone has to lose. But it doesn't have to be the same one over and over and over and over and over and over again. Pick somebody else on the roster. You have so many people that Rio could have got this win against that were not Ruby. Yeah. So, either way, moving on, we had a gold league matchup in the Continental Classic, Roosh versus Jay Lethal. Um and this one was fine. I thought this was a fine enough uh Continental Classic match. It wasn't anything like insane. Like obviously these are two guys uh Roosh is trying to stay uh in pace with everybody else uh in near the top of the gold league. Jay Lethal was just trying to get a win. Uh, he did not. So. I loved how they. You saw Jay Lethal's frustration in the match. You saw Heavily, it after the yes. match. It was like this is what's supposed to happen when you you're you know losing this much in this. When you're tournament. zero four in a tournament like this, it's got to weigh on you. Yes, and I loved how that was represented by them. Yeah. Um. So this one was a fine uh, match. We then had uh, Jay White versus. Mark Briscoe. And do we talk about it? 
I mean, not the match. I mean, the the Dem Boys shit. Oh, I was not going to bring it up because I was to say because I don't uh, care. Like it's, uh, it's like it's like quite frankly, like all I'll say on the matter is Briscoe is allowed to feel how he wants to feel. I'm not going to tell him how to feel about anything related to that. And for wrestling fans to try to even lay their two cents on that, y'all don't have a piece in this. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. I mean, like Jay, I, I do. I care why. Like if over a tweet, would I get mad? I don't know. Like I don't. I didn't go through that. Yes, I, and, but I'm not going to tell him uh, how to feel or how to act. All I'll say, Vic, you know, I'm Vic fan of the Briscoes. They didn't invent the term "dim boys," and I, if you, if it's going to be a time, they use it for wrestling. They are who they are in wrestling, but it is used outside of wrestling quite often. Sure. And I can imagine the social media guy for Fox, who is whole job is to cover WWE and try to make interesting tweets, had no idea who the Briscoes were. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. I, I'm I'm willing to bet a check on it. Yeah. yeah like, right. like, no idea. I'm like, I, yeah. you know, as, as a person that loves the Briscoes, every tweet that comes out from the the Fox, WWE, Fox, SmackDown again. Casual accounts. Yes. Yeah, from that Fox account. I'm sorry they didn't know it to me, but I will never tell someone how they should feel. Did it probably exactly. hurt, especially with this being pretty much the anniversary of their last ROH That's match? What I'm saying, guys. So like, it, again. it's it's raw. I mean, like the match he performed last night was in the arena of their last ROH match. If you don't think he's going through emotional things, you you forget the fact that he's human. So yes. I, you know, I think his reaction was his reaction. And, you know, if you saw me, I never tweeted, retweeted, liked anything. Because, to me, it was just like, he had the way to feel the way he wanted to feel. Yes. And I don't think you have to show how much you love the Briscoes by talking about wanting to hurt somebody in all caps. And somebody should get fired. Yes. I mean, he should get fired because he didn't know the Briscoes exist. For running a WWE Twitter account. Anywhere in the WWE Twitter account. Two guys. Uh, who have never wrestled in uh, WWE? EW, yes, yeah. So I mean, like that's not who yeah, they're paid to tweet about. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I mean, this is a perfectly reasonable ex- escape. I never, I don't mind hating on WWE. Believe me, I will jump on and set the motherfuckers on fire all the time. But yeah, this ain't it. No, as the same again, goes. No, and and then <laughs> and and, it, and again, like I said, this is no reason to be like furious about the tweet and this is also no reason to be furious at mark yeah he feels the way he feels because this happened to him not you correct stop acting like this involves you yeah i mean again you're allowed to feel the way you feel but it's just like some of these i would like and and i'm allowed to tell you to shut the fuck up yes and but the thing with social media uh, the thing with social media is that, you know, everything gets elevated to this stupid oh, level. And it was just like, I mean, that's why I didn't, I didn't want to let it give a lot of time to it. I just, I, I wanted to know straight up from you because I, I didn't see you say anything on it. And I figured that's how you want it. Yeah. I didn't say anything on it. Cause I, I just honestly didn't think it was anything to say. Nothing more else to say than it's like it is what it is and yeah i shit briscoe's forever man like i love 
Jay Briscoe is literally the only reason I'm going to final battle tomorrow. Like I was going to collision this weekend and I just kind of like, I was like, I, I like Athena, but I was like, is that a reason to travel all the <laughs> travel to Dallas to watch an Athena match? And then they was like, oh, we're doing kind of a Briscoe's tribute. I'm like, okay, I'm there. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, But the actual match between Jay White and Mark Briscoe was pretty damn good, I would say. Um, they got some nice uh, shots in there. And these guys are, are familiar with each other, too. Um, nice, like, Ring of Honor, uh, New Japan-type crossover sort of thing. Um, uh, but it was, a it was a good match, uh, that basically happened when, uh, uh, he tried to go for the froggy bow, but he got countered as his knees got raised, like Jay raised the knees up and then proceeded to hit him with the blade runner. And then Mark Briscoe takes a pin. Uh, so at the bottom of the gold league and currently out of contention are Jay lethal and Mark Briscoe. So they are. They are both out of contention, um, so they they cannot win the they cannot win the gold league. So um, it's unfortunate, uh, but at least one of them will be uh, yeah. At least one of them will be getting a win. Uh, so we'll see which one of them it is. So yeah, uh, it's gotta be. I mean, for gotta me, it gotta be Mark. I think the storyline works better with Jay Lethal and his uh, frustration. Mark yeah. Briscoe has this thing of saying just because this, he could blame the whole reasoning being like, you know, you banned everybody from ringside. I didn't have my friends with me. Yeah, you screwed me over. Yeah. Yeah. Why did this tournament have people banned from ringside? This is bullshit. So, but we then closed out the show with John Moxley versus Swerve Strickland in a gold league matchup in the in the C2. And these two guys, both undefeated, headed into this match. This was my highly, most highly anticipated match in this entire tournament, I would it, say. It, it was the match of the tournament. And it too. was the match of the tournament, yes. They killed it. Absolutely killed it. The way they just exchanged, there was a point where they were exchanging headbutts, just smack, smacking chops. Uh, Moxley was throwing him in, into steel steps. Uh, just the way they were just beating the living hell out of each other. Um... There was even a point too where uh, they uh, like just yeah I mean they were just beating the shit out of each other and Swerve like I said has he's established himself as one of my like top tier guys right now in AEW which is why I was absolutely furious when Moxley won I was absolutely furious now I talked to Floyd about this before the show and his argument was basically. This isn't Swerve's hill to die on. Swerve is destined for like championship gold, and it's like big time championship gold. I agree with him on that. More so, like I said, I was getting frustrated because it's like Moxley being undefeated. Who could have seen that coming? Like that was it was it was it was tiresome to me. And again, that's personally just for me having like Blackpool Combat Club fatigue. That's just me having fatigue on like yes. that sort of thing. Like obviously. Danielson and Claudia are they're kind of like their own entities, you know what I mean? Because they're just like they're in the BCC, but they're also just being themselves like when they were in Ring of Honor and like before they got signed to WWE. And I like seeing them do their style before they got signed by WWE. Like, so that's just how that is. 
So Mox debuted on pretty much night one of AEW, and he has been the I most know. most protected wrestler in AEW. Like, name the people he's lost to, right? Like, mm-hmm. you can literally name them. Like, it's only like five. He lost a Texas death match to Lance Archer. He lost to uh, Kenny Omega. He lost to Hangman. And he's lost to Orange Cassidy, and he lost to CM Punk. I think that's yeah. it. After he beat CM Punk in like, uh, like, like a minute. Three minutes. Yeah, yeah. In three so, minutes. Yeah. So this man is one of the most protected people in AEW. Yeah. His career record on the website is listed as 126 to 23 and 1. Yeah. So let me do the math on that actually real quick because I'm curious about that. So. And they're talking, the whole thing about his thing is they are including matches where he was in tag teams and the tag team lost. Those are not all him getting pinned or submitted, you know? Yeah. (laughs) He has an 84% win rate, like over 80%. Like maybe 85, I would think. That's insane. It is insane. Yeah, so. absolutely. No, and, I, and like I said, I totally get it. He is their ace. He And it makes all the sense. He was the paradigm shift that really set things going uh, when they did Double or Nothing 1. I, I, I thousand percent get it. Um, it's just his character is very simple and it can wear thin occasion is the only thing I would say. Absolutely, but, absolutely. And it, it would help me a little bit more. Like, I honestly, it's just more so the fact that, like, we joke about how Moxley's never been able to, like, actually take a break. I think the fans may need like a break from Moxley just in, a, in, in occasions because I feel like if they gave him a little time to just go off and disappear and then he came back, I think a Moxley return pop would be huge if they actually gave him some legit time to like you know step away. Um, now that being said, I do think like he uh, has a chance to be the guy to go on to win the Gold League. Um, he's got. Uh, relatively uh like he's got a relatively like not the easiest opponent to face he's got jay white who's right on his tail so it's not an easy opponent to face but in my mind moxley wins it but uh we will see if that's going to be the case uh but even still it's like i do think there may be a point where like you know hey mox maybe you can actually take that vacation you've been trying to like because he tried to like step away for a little while like a couple years ago and like they had they needed him back like he was supposed to be on a break when uh uh forbidden door one happened and like hey Dude. punk's hurt we need you to wrestle tanahashi yeah it's like all, uh all all due respect to mr darren young uh mox is the real mr no days off that dude honestly that, that dude wrestle every day and i know he loves it and like people love him and like i i respect the hell out of him but you know Dude could take a break if he wanted to. And, like, I think absence makes the heart grow fonder. I mean, it is. It's one of those things. It is what it is. Like, like you can't, like, it's like Mox beating Swerve was, like, to me, out of the other four people, the only acceptable answer. Oh, I mean, like, of any people that were going to beat Swerve, yes. Yes, like, the Mox was the only acceptable. Because Mox is, that's how he's booked. I mean, he's the Undertaker of AEW. You know, he doesn't lose that often. <laughs> you know, and when you lose, you've done something big. Like when you beat you beat him, it matters. You know, so there you go. Yeah, there you go. But it's still outstanding, dude. Outstanding dude. match. 
edge of my seat. Who's house swerves how all no, and that right. that right there is like I said, this is the match where like nobody had a clue. Yes, they didn't but, have a clue. But that that fan base, like if you're like, oh man, you should always put the make the winner whoever the fans are behind, which you should never do. That would be stupid, dude. Swerve was very much the over guy in that building. I'd say it was eighty twenty. Swerve to Mox, and uh-huh. yeah, everybody was doing the dance. Everybody was up. And I got to say, shout out to our friends in Arlington, Texas. They made 2,500 sound like 7,500. Oh, they, they were, were loud. loud. They were loud and chanting the whole show. Uh, I mean, you thought, I mean, I honestly thought the Jericho segment might, you know, kill them. And they came back in the next segment in the next matches and were just as hot as ever. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Arlington, Texas. Definitely Swerve's house. Mm. Yeah, no, they they showed up for sure. But that is our Dynamite review. Uh, real quick, previewing of what we have on Rampage. You're gonna I, I, get I, I've a, actually already seen the matches. <laughs> you've already seen, yes. But for those who weren't at the show, uh, you are going to get Penta and Commander and uh, El Hijo del Vikingo, Vikingo versus uh, Top Flight. An action Andretti in a trios match. I want to say also- I did have a point about that match. I don't know how much they're going to trim the show because they do trim the show for Rampage. I hope they show that match in an entirety because it was an absolutely fucking fantastic match. Probably uh, Chris Jericho got on the mic after the match and said that was the best fucking match he's seen in his uh, in his thirty two years, and Man. it and it was. It went from. Rampage. I've you know I've been to a lot of dynamite, so Rampage half the audience leaves, right? And it's bare. I'd say maybe fifty people left for Rampage, and we watched the matches, and I was like, oh my god, this main event's coming, and I'm kind of tired. I'm ready to go. Five minutes into this match, five minutes, and I think I was one of the Johnny Come Latelys. Everybody is just completely focused. Nobody's looking at their phone unless they're recording what's happening. And they, they tore the roof off of this building. I, I thought best Rampage match I've seen as far as, yeah, just period. Yeah, well, I mean, that's a selling point for you. Uh, you also get Anna Jay versus Red Velvet. Orange Cassidy and LeVon Erics versus uh, Daddy Magic, Angelo Parker, and uh, Cool Hand Edge, and uh, Jake Hager. And you also have the Don Callis family in action uh, with uh, uh, Powerhouse Hobbs and uh, ah, shit. Uh, what's his name? Uh, he's the uh, he's part of Aussie Open. Kyle Fletcher. Yeah, Kyle Fletcher. Yep, I was right. gonna say Kyle Fletcher. Yep. I had to, you just literally saw how my brain brain works. I had to go. This translates to this. Oh, okay. This is his yep. name. Tied again. Oh, there <laughs> yeah, yep. There, there we go. All right, yes. we're all good. Um, and then for Collision, we're going to have, once again, more of the uh, Blue League matches get uh, tidied up. So we're going to have Andrade Alidolo versus Claudio Castagnoli. We are going to have Brody King versus Brian Danielson. We're going to have Eddie Kingston versus Daniel Garcia. And I believe as of right now, those are the only matches that have been announced for Collision. Correct. And I'm excited for the show. I'm hoping we get a little FTR action. Because I will be at Collision, and I will be in the first row at Collision. So look for me. Hell yeah. I'll be wearing my FTR shirt, as uh, I am very excited to be. This is a, I, 
Hold on, hold on. I this is gonna be something rare, and this is gonna probably shock you. This will be my first collision. I I have not been to a collision. The the one that was in uh, Grand Rapids, I wasn't able to go to. Yeah, so this will be my first collision this weekend, and you know that I'm looking forward to that. Hell yeah! Uh, well, that is everything that's coming up uh, this week. But like we also said, Ring of Honor Final Battle 20 is uh, airing tom- <coughs> tonight. As you guys are hearing this, Friday, December fifteenth, at uh, uh, the Dallas Metroplex, six p.m. Central, seven Eastern. Uh, Devon Eriks are in a pre-show match. So yes, they are. Yes, they will be facing the Outrunners on Zero Hour. Yes. So look forward to that. Yeah, and you so will not see me at this show. You will not. I will. No, I will be there, but you won't see me. <laughs> I won't be in the spot where you'll see me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so there's that. Uh, you also have another. Uh, so these. That's the zero hour match. Here is the card for uh, final battle. You're going to get a survival of the fittest match between Dalton Castle, Lee Moriarty, Lee Johnson, Kyle Fletcher, Commander, and a mystery opponent, and. Uh, the winner of that would win the uh, Ring of Honor Television Championship that is vacated by uh, Samoa Joe. Uh, you're going to get a uh, match between Wheeler Yuta and Filthy Tom Lawler, not a hook, not hook for the uh, Pure Championship. Yeah, but I can't imagine that put Hook doesn't do shit on this show. Yeah, Fil- since he's facing Tom Lawler, I can't imagine that Hook doesn't do something. This will be my second time seeing Tom Lawler in this building because I think he was just at a New Japan show in the Curtis Caldwell Center. So I am looking forward to him on this match, but it's just like, uh, yeah, this they should have sent Hook. And I think, I mean, they still could. They just still may can. not be in the actual match. But yes. They, and then they set up that for World's End. Um, you get the AAA uh Mega Championship between El Hijo del Viking, uh, Vikingo versus Black Taurus. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club uh, will be facing Mark Briscoe and FTR. And uh, you're also going to get uh, uh, Tony ne- uh, Yeah, go I was going to say, on the FTR-Mark Briscoe match, uh, I don't know if it's still up on Instagram, but go to Dak's page. He did like a little home video, and he's like, it was kind of honor Jay Briscoe, because if you remember, they used to just set the cell phone up and talk shit, and that's how they would cut promos, so he did that to honor yeah, him. Yeah, no, so. that was cool. That was cool. Yeah, so uh, go uh, check that. He's ready to whoop some ass, and you know, you're getting Brian, Dan- you're getting Brian Danielson on our OH final battle. That's going to be pretty cool. That's pretty awesome, too. Um, you have Tony Nese versus Ethan Page in an I Quit match. So those guys could do some damn good shit with that. Ethan Page has his match with Kenny Omega was just uh, a little bit of what he's been doing in ROH over the last few months. Oh, yeah. I did a catch up on ROH a couple weeks ago, and Ethan Page has been killing it. So there you go. And I think in an I Quit match against Tony Nese, I think those guys could beat the hell out of each other. Uh, Keith Lee versus Shane Taylor in the big meaty man snap and meat match. Yes, and this is they were part of a tag team called the Pretty Boy Killers back in the day in ROH. And, yeah. and you know, the whole gimmick was this that Shane Taylor was pissed at Keith Lee for going to sign with WWE. So this that's the whole premise of this. And Keith Lee says he is somebody that he's looking to get even with. And Shane Taylor's like, you better not look past me. And so I'm really looking forward to it. I personally 
and I know this is not the trajectory that I even saw Keith Lee when he came in AEW. I wouldn't be mad if the Pretty Boy Killers became a thing in AEW. Wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. The two two big old black men beating the shit out of people. I think I'd get behind that. And hell, last time Keith Lee was in a tag team, it actually worked out for him. Yeah, better than what he's been doing singles wise in AEW. Tag team champions. It's you know you know when you when you're working tag teams, unless you have to do in the ring. I, like I said, I don't know what Keith Lee's situation is. I've always been a big Keith Lee fan. I always want him to win, but it just seems like he's in a limbo right now. Uh, he, he he's. Uh, he he's in the hidden place or whatever you don't know where he is so right yeah, yeah just some ideas but it looks like they have something planned for him so i i just want to see him used more he's one of those guys that it's like you can pretty much put keith lee anywhere on your card and keith lee is going to stick out because he's keith lee yes exactly and then the main event athena versus billy starks the minion versus the champion for the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship. Um, they've done spectacular work with this, honestly. Like, Athena is, like, running Ring of Honor. Running it. Yes, like, the best the, the best women's title reign in wrestling right now. Yes. Thousand, a thousand percent. Yes. And quite frankly, I want Athena to lose just so she can come back on to AEW and do shit. Because her, run, her first run in AEW was so disappointing. When Athena debuted at Double or Nothing uh, 2022, I shit my pants. I was so ecstatic for her to be in AEW. Uh, so I want her back on the main roster now that she's like the best he- woman's heel on the roster. And she needs to tear it up. So, uh, And it would be a cool thing for Billy Starks. I don't know if they do that, but regardless... The quicker we can get Athena back on AEW television killing people, the better. Because she's spectacular. Yes, and yeah, and her promos and her mic work and her character work. It's incredible. Is that all reached this level that I honestly, let me be honest, didn't ever think didn't think it could reach it. And she is pretty much out kicking. I have my I I was gonna ask Austin why he's on the phone with us. I was like up until last week, it was like, I'm going to wear my Athena Minion shirt to ROH. Well, then they add, announced the Jay Briscoe tri- tribute thing. And I have a Jay Briscoe tribu- tribute shirt. Sir, call it in the air because you are the tiebreaker. Should I wear my Minion shirt or should I wear my Jay Briscoe shirt? You wear your Jay Briscoe shirt. Going to wear my Jay Briscoe shirt. Yep. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. But uh, yeah. I think there'll be plenty of I think there'll be plenty of minion support. Uh, give give Jay some love. Yeah. That I mean that was my plan, but it was like, oh my god, I, you know, I, I you know me, I try to support women's wrestling as hard as I possibly can because you know sometimes it does not get the love that it deserves. But it's Jay Briscoe. It's Jay Briscoe. He's kind of the reason I'm going to the show. So. Jay Briscoe. Got to do the Jay Briscoe thing. So, thank you for chiming in, sir. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for the show. I wasn't two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. they, they've added enough to get me excited. Because I'm not a person that needs a lot in a wrestling show to go to it. Don't get, get me wrong. I've, I've, watched, uh, I've, I've watched wrestling shows and condemned churches. 
to understand. I love wrestling. I'll watch it anywhere. But it was just like, oh, my God, it's a three-hour drive. Uh, then I got to find somewhere to stay. And then blah, blah, blah. And, and, like, I was talking myself out of it. And then TK, just like he does last week, like, here's some good matches. Here's reasons to get excited. Yeah. You know, make uh, sure you watch it on Honor Club. That's watchroh.com. 6 p.m. Central is when uh, when, uh, when the zero hour starts. All right. And uh, one final question before we sign off. Who signs Draymond Green? WWE, AEW, or UFC? Because someone's got to sign him because, God damn it, this man can't be in the league anymore. How are you that rich and that angry all the time? I don't know. Saginaw, <laughs> Michigan's own needs to calm the fuck down. I'm just gonna say I cannot think. I can't think that was the first time somebody had tugged this jersey in a basketball game. So not. <laughs> dude, there is literally people have made people have made fucking compilations like hype. Like you know how like people make the hype packages for like a basketball player of like all the shit that they've done. Like just like you know. Great shots, great dunks, all that kind of stuff. People made a hype package of Draymond just hitting people. Yeah, so, uh, hey, it's one of those things. I, so who signs him? Uh, if it's me, if it's me, I don't want him to go off and haul off and hit one of my wrestlers for real in a real match. <laughs> so the only place to go is UFC because, you know, they swing back. They do swing back, yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, I'm just saying though that spinning backhand is like yes. Eddie Kingston ass spinning. Yes, practice. yes. But I don't want him to uh, be in a match with like Gunther and he accidentally hits Gunther for real and then gets twisted <laughs> up into a pretzel. Because <laughs> that, be- that becomes a shoot fight that could get very. <laughs> yeah. So no. Uh, hey, I'll say this: a lot of people in the NBA. Are fake tough guys? No, Draymond Green's a real tough guy. It's just he grew up around uh, the 2004 Pistons. Yeah, so he has to he has to get whatever he needs to get under control. Whatever he needs to do to keep him from punching people, do that. I don't. I mean, I am the. You know, they talk about elite athletes. I am the extreme opposite of an elite athlete. I am elite not athlete. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> like I can't walk straight line kind of thing. So I am not going to tell what this elite athlete what to do in the throes of competition. But they don't allow you to punch people and still keep getting paid. So you probably should stop doing that. Might be a good idea. But I just had to ask. But <laughs> on that note, I think we will... Uh, call it on this episode of All Things Elite. Uh, guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in uh, to this lovely show. Actually, last thing I'll say, here is where the standings are for the Blue League and the Gold League. Just running through it real quick. Moxley leads the Gold League 4-0. Jay White and Swerve Strickland are 3-1 and with 9 points behind Moxley who has 12. Roosh has 6 points, 2-2. Two and two. And then Lethal and Mark Briscoe out of contention. They are 0-4 with 0 points. In the Blue League, Andrade Alidolo leads with 9 points, 3-0. Brody King and Brian Danielson are tied with 6 points. They're 2-1. Claudio Castagnoli and Eddie Kingston are tied at 3-1-2. Uh, they both have 3 points. And Daniel Garcia, lone uh, person without a win, he is 0 points, 0-3. Oh, I just want to run through that real quick with so, the C2. So the Dynamite in Oklahoma City is the most important Dynamite in AEW history. Because... If Mox somehow loses to Jay White, which I believe he did in the G1, in Mox's G1 performance, I believe Jay White beat him. And if Swerve beats Roosh, 
there will be a three-way tie at four and one with Jay White losing to Swerve. Uh, Jay White losing to Swerve, Swerve losing to John Maxley, and then John Moxley losing to Jay White. So that would be an interesting way to go. We wouldn't know how that uh, how that would end. So uh, yes, next week is the most important dynamite in existence. Yeah, and you, no, will, straight, hey, honestly. and you will get to see me. You will get to see me doing the na na dance because I plan on going hard. So you better, yes, you better, yes. If I ain't trying to fake the funk on the nasty duck, okay, I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm ready to go. All right. Well, like I was saying, though, thank you guys for tuning into this episode of All Things Elite. Please continue to download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts, and if you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, please. Give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode and leave a rating and a review. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at ATElitePod. Also follow at Social Suplex who make this show possible and have a bunch of other great shows on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. And my good boy Floyd can now take us home on this episode of All Things Elite. Hello, everyone, and I hope you are all having a great Christmas season and watching whatever movies you feel is the movie to watch for this season. I just want everybody to be happy and and you get your gifts done and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, next week, look for me. That's the message. Look for me. I will be in the first row of Oklahoma City, and I will tell you, you will not know a human more happy in a moment than I will be for those few hours that I am at Dynamite, finally in my state. So I'm getting my Christmas present. If you decide to get me something, anything else is extra. I got my Christmas present this year. So I hope everybody else gets what they want for Christmas. Watch all the TV. I do want to send a special RIP out to one of my favorite actors and one of the best characters ever, Mr. Andre Brower. Uh, he was on Brooklyn Nine-Nine as Captain Raymond Holt. I just... I, I there are very few times that I say someone paid a character perfectly. That man did it. So if you have not watched Brooklyn Nine Nine, make sure to check that out. I want to send a shout out to a couple of my friends. Uh, a couple of my friends you know who are have been struggling mentally lately. Let them know that I am there for you and I love you. And this time of year kind of sucks for mental health. So make sure you're reaching out to your friends and lifting them up. And last but not least, I need you all. Whether it is home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite.